0: food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. I always love those stories where passion turns into monetization, and today's episode is one of those stories. Joining me today is Shawnee Wizenot, and she is from Begin With Butter, and she talks about how she expanded her blog into a baking academy and boot camp, which has been really lucrative, but also really fun and really valuable. This is episode number 380, sponsored by Rank IQ. I hope you love it. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to eBlog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave eBlog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. I have Shawnee Wissanant with me today. She is going to talk to us about expanding your blogging business into a baking academy and boot camp. Shawnee is the creator behind Begin with Butter, a baking education platform. It started as a baking blog in 2021, and she's now grown it to include the Begin with Butter Home Baking Academy. She uses this platform to host live and pre recorded baking classes to help home bakers and cottage bakers reach their baking potential. Shawnee enjoys demystifying baking for people by teaching them tips and techniques that help them become more consistent and confident in the kitchen. Shawnee, how are you today? It's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about this today. First, we want to know if you have a fun fact to share, though.
1: A fun fact, okay. Well, by the time this airs, you all will probably, you and the whole world will probably know that I have a twin sister who is an award-winning author and she has a book coming out in January of 2023. I'm super proud of her.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: That is a fun fact that quite a few people know, but I just, I love taking every opportunity to shout out my sister. Oh,
0: that's so sweet. (laughs) Feel the love. Can you share what the
1: book is about? So my family is originally from Alabama and my sister wrote this book as like a love letter to Alabama about what it was like in the South for Black people who were kind of in this insular community back in the late 50s and early 60s. And it's just the most beautifully written. Like my sister has a way with prose that is just unbelievable to me. So oh
0: my gosh, and it's so sweet how much you can tell you love her. That's amazing. So cool. And what a unique angle, too, for a book. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. You'll have to share the episode with your sister so she can hear (laughs) the shout out.
1: (laughs) I absolutely will.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, let's talk about expanding businesses into a baking academy. I would love to hear, Shawnee, would you mind telling us how you came into baking yourself and how that has all evolved for you?
1: So I tried to bake as a kid. I tried to be like one of those kids who's in the kitchen with their mother, their grandmother, or their aunts, baking up a storm. And I was just like miserable at it. I was terrible at it. I could not figure out for the life of me how to make anything that tasted good. And it wasn't until my daughter was a three-year-old in preschool. And I was late picking her up one day from school. And her preschool teacher said... Hi, Mrs. Wissanot. We are doing a classroom activity where we are decorating cookies in the shapes of letters. And I started to think, what does it have to do with me? (laughs) But then I looked up and I saw the sign-up sheet. And the sign-up sheet is like this, like, I write about it on my blog, but it's this like Lord of the Flies situation where the people who get there first get to bring, like, cups and plates and napkins, And the people who sign up last have to bring, like, the big ticket items. And the only thing, Megan, left on that list, the only thing was the cookies. Oh, my gosh. So I had to either source 52 cookies in the shapes of letters, or I had to make them. And I don't know what kind of monster looks in a preschool teacher's eyes and says, no, I can't do that. (laughs) But it wasn't going to be me that day. And so what I ended up doing was staying up all night making sugar cookies. Wow. Good for you. And the thing that really, thank you, it was not my best work, but it was (laughs) also not, also several of not my best moments. But the thing that, the thing that made me want to become a baker and want to be good at it with the look on my daughter's face when she was carrying those boxes of cookies into her classroom the next day, she was so proud to be like the bringer of cookies. I don't know if you have kids, but yeah, yeah, when they get to like bring a treat, it's like
0: the oh, biggest yes. deal. They're so proud, and yeah
1: to see yeah, and to see the look on her face that day was just like, wow, I was able to make that happen for her. And after that, i was I was hooked. I was hooked. But I knew that I wasn't going to be able to learn the way that so many well-meaning women had tried to teach me before. So I just jumped into pastry textbooks. And I thought, well, I'll just buy this one pastry textbook. I started with Bo Freiberg's book. okay, But I started with his book and I was like, oh, I'm going to get, I'll probably, this thing is like a thousand pages long. I'm going to get tired of baking before I'm done. And I never got tired of it. The more I went through it, the more confident I got. The more I learned about techniques, the more confident I got. And I was like, oh, oh. And then it started to feel like this is what I was meant to be doing. So, Wow.
0: That's so cool. I love that. I love how it started in a preschool with a little pressure.
1: (laughs) Just a little bit. And a preschool teacher has like the sweetest way of applying that pressure. That's the thing. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Right. That's just what you
0: needed, right? Apparently it was because look where I am now. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you took that and ran with it and you just kept learning and growing and seeing the need to, you know, find new challenges. and, And now you're at this place where you have a home baking academy. Can you tell us a little bit about how that started and where it's at now? Sure.
1: So I started Begin With Butter as a blog, and I wanted to be more of a fundamentals blog more than a recipe blog. And I would say that the blog is probably about 70% recipes, 30% fundamentals at this time. But what I realized was there was a space for me to be able to make more of an impact by just teaching people, right? By spending time working with people, either one-on-one or in a group and by teaching courses. And so when I had that realization, that was like November of 2021. When I had that realization, I realized that my impact could be that much more, right? And my my help for people could be that much better if I worked with them and if I took the time to, you know, be on video teaching. So the... Begin With Butter Home Baking Academy just started to slowly uh, come together last November or a year ago, November. And I don't know, it just, it seems to have really kind of taken off. I always approach everything I do with the Home Baking Academy from a place of, I really want to help people. And I th- hope that people really sense that. The whole goal of the Home Baking Academy is for people to like really hit heights with their baking that they never, ever thought that they could reach. And if I have the ability to show someone one technique that helps them hit that height, it just means the world to me.
0: I love that your whole motivation for this academy has come from a place of service. And I think that's why it's probably been so successful, don't you think? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's a block, like no matter what the project is, if it comes from that place, it just mm-hmm. works out. I feel like
1: absolutely. And I feel like we all have this thing in us. And this is you know, my my friends are like, oh, stop being woo-woo. But I feel like we all have this thing in us, this this element of service that this gift that we were given that we should give the world. And I feel like for reasons I still cannot explain, this is my gift to give the world. And I love being able to serve in this way because if you think about it, food is the the thing that the most cross-cultural thing that we can use to like bring all of us together, right? Yes. And so teaching people to, being in a position to teach people how to do something a little bit better is humbling to me. It's extremely humbling.
0: Okay. That is, I love how you worded that. Like, yeah, food is the language that we all speak. We all enjoy food, right? And that is never going to change. That's what I love.
1: We're always going to have to eat, which is a blessing and maybe a curse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But So we might as well get creative with it and enjoy it, which is what you've done. share it. I mean, when you bake, you're really baking, not
1: so that you can sit there and eat a whole Bundt cake, but (laughs) you can share it with somebody. And for me, sharing food is like, That's what I do when I really care about you. When I really love you is here, please take this offering that I have to share with you.
0: Unless you're my 12 year old son and he bakes things and, he's like, well, I baked it. So this is mine. <laughs> it's mine. And then we have like, Sam, we have guests coming. We baked it for guests. And he starts like hoarding the cake. It's, Not hoarding. He's oh, so no. funny. So yeah, he's the exception. But does he hide stuff too? He does in the fridge. So he'll hide cookies from his brother. And, and then if <laughs> any of us eat the cookies, he's like, someone ate my cookies. I'm like, yeah, they were good. They're, and they were for everybody. They so. were for us, for the family. <laughs> We're working on that. <laughs> I have an eight-year-old son who's pretty much the same way. Really? Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. I found
1: a piece, a slice of um, pound cake in his room where he's oh. not supposed to be eating. Oh, and no. it wasn't the whole piece. It was like a piece with like three bites out of it. And I said, hmm, what is this doing up here, Sean? And he gave me the stock answer. I
0: don't know. <laughs> How did that get here? I have no I idea. No clue. No clue, mommy. That's really so Oh, hilarious. Well, at least yeah. I know we're not the only family that has that. Oh, not even close. Oh, yes. Okay. I want to ask you a little bit more about this project that kind of came from your love of baking and also was inspired by your blog, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of all of those things. And you come from a place of service, a place of love, wanting to share. How do you suggest others find that thing? If maybe their blog isn't like, maybe it's just a pure business. They're mm-hmm. kicking out content that's highly keyword research. Like there's right. no passion or love there. How do we find that other project that's going to bring us to that awesome place?
1: Oh, I feel like every... Website auditor on the planet is going to come after me for saying this. Oh boy. But
0: <laughs> it's okay.
1: I come from love, yes. my friends. This is coming from a place of love. But I really think, I won't say I think, I will say, my experience has been that if you write the things that really light you up, or at least balance those things with the things that you're writing because... You want to rank higher, right, with certain keywords. But if you take some time to write about the things that really light you up, the people that you're trying to get to your page will find you. I think people in 2022, 2023, and beyond are looking for food bloggers who really strike a very authentic note. And I think because food blogging has been around for a little while, that the consumer is really able to discern a lot better now who is coming from, who is approaching food blogging completely from a commercial perspective versus who is approaching food blogging from a place of service and love, in addition to it being a commercial endeavor. And so I would encourage people if they're finding themselves burned out from, Just writing what they think everybody wants to see or what they think Google wants to see, to just take a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and just write what lights you up. And don't worry as much about the metrics, the analytics. Don't worry as much about that. And I'm saying this is advice I had to give myself. Because earlier this year, I was very, very stressed out about the direction of my Home Baking Academy and my blog. And it turns out I didn't need to be stressed out because I was determined to stay on the path of writing about things that light me up. The foods that you see on my website are foods that really light me up. And slowly but surely, my audience came with me. And your aud- and my audience has grown, right? My audience... I don't, I can't tell you how it happened, so don't ask, but my audience has like tripled on Instagram in like the past six or seven weeks, but I have no idea how it's happened. All I'm focused on on Instagram is just bringing my most authentic self and doing things that I really, really enjoy and appreciate. Like It's I the get service.
0: Yeah. It's the service. When you show up, like you've said a couple of times, when you show up with a spirit of serving, that happens, I feel like, right?
1: Yes. I'm never going to discount the fact that keyword research and all of those things are so, so super important if you're looking to grow your blog. And look, I want to grow my blog too. And eventually I will probably, or no, eventually I will definitely (laughs) invest in a website audit. I think that there is a place for all of that. But I think we can get, we as bloggers can get really lost in the business side of it. And I don't think any of us got into food blogging because we wanted to get lost in the business side of it, right? Most of us are like deeply passionate about food. We are deeply passionate about the food that we're writing about. We want to share with the world what we actually eat and we don't want to necessarily feel like the content on our site is being driven by AI, You know, we want to feel like there's a person behind it. And I think our consumers do too.
0: Wow. That was so awesomely said. Yeah. Passion, purpose, serving, love, all of that comes together to create this kind of magic formula for getting those things that we try so hard to get in like non-passionate ways. (laughs) Right. And I mean, I,
1: I didn't go into food blogging because I wanted it to feel like a job. I went into food blogging because... I wanted to feel like yes, this is hard work, but I get to do this work. Like when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I have a long day ahead of me. The thought for me is always, I get to do this work. Not I have to do this work. I get to do this work, and that takes me to a different like headspace when I'm thinking about what my day is going to look like. My days are busy. I mean, today started at four in the morning, Oof. as most of my days do, but. I get to do this work every day. I just feel so lucky and blessed every single day that I get to do this and I want to I want to exude
0: that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to my audience. Gratitude, gratitude changes everything. I it so really truly believe that. And we all like so many of us get out of corporate jobs to be able to work for ourselves and work from home and have flexible schedules and we get in to the weeds. And we sometimes forget that, that this is really a privilege to have this job and to be able to make money and to serve people in the way that we are. Absolutely. And after a time, it's like, we have to remind ourselves that this is amazing. And like you said, I don't have to sit here and record interviews all day. I get to talk to amazing people all day. (laughs) Just reframing that little bit is like a huge game changer.
1: It's a huge game changer. I mean, I have to work. I have to make money. And that's a scary proposition when you think about really, really being out here on your own as an entrepreneur and having to figure it out, right? But like I said, I think if we approach it from a space of I get to do this work and if I continue doing what I know is good work, then my audience will find me. I think that, that there's real value in that. And it's a real, for me, it's been a very calming effect. Like my audience will find me. They won't, they won't neglect me or forget about me. I will find the person, like I will actively look and find the, the people that I need in my corner To help me make this a tremendous success, I have to shout out the people who helped me, my very, very good friend, and she is my senior better ambassador, Emily Anderson. She is a dear friend from high school, and we knew each other even before that. My virtual assistant slash PR slash marketing assistant, Alison Lancaster. Like, I've just been incredibly lucky, incredibly fortunate to find people who have really kind of surrounded, like who have really brought their expertise to the table and just helped me make Begin With Butter the incredible thing that it is. And finding them, like almost by accident, helped me trust in the process of building my audience. It helped me calm down because for a while I was very, very stressed out that the transition from simply being a blogger to being a business owner of the home baking Academy, that it was too much that people weren't going to come with me. I noticed like a drop in my email list, a drop in my Instagram followers. And I was like, I don't, I wasn't sure if I was making the right decisions, but I was on the path. I was determined to, to stay on that path because I knew it was the right path. And in late September, It was like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) The universe was like, okay. (laughs) Oh, amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just been a roller coaster. And a lot of days I still can't really put into words how amazing it is.
0: Let's take a really quick break to chat about my favorite keyword research tool, RankIQ. RankIQ is a custom keyword library made just for bloggers that is packed with keywords that are easy to rank for and that also have high search volume. We know that going into 2023, Google updates will continue to roll out. Bloggers tend to brace themselves every time we hear of another update being released. So, we need to have a stream of steady traffic to helpful blog content that is going to help us weather whatever storms come our way this year. Rank IQ can help with this, and here is how. One, the keyword library shows a competition score and time to rank score, so you have a really good grasp on how quickly a keyword will rank and how much traffic will come your way. Two, there are so many non recipe supporting content types of ideas that you have expertise in, so you You will spend less time creating content. And number three, no more guessing about how successful a keyword will be before spending hours writing about it. Go to rankiq.com to get started and wishing you tons of traffic in 2023. Now back to the episode. So there's an element of faith involved in all of that too, because we hear you talking about it. And if somebody's in the complete opposite mindset, it's really hard to like this equals this to really believe that. Yeah. So there's an element of faith required for you to step into that and just do, you know, show up with the service and do those things that you're talking about to attract more followers and get the right people in your circle. So hearing your story is really inspiring because we need to hear more stories like this. We know that the other (laughs) side is good, right? So it's not just like you're going to step into an abyss and sink your business. You're not. (laughs) No, yeah,
1: and there's a lot of hard work behind that oh, too. Gosh, I think yeah. the faith is what drives you to do the work, right? Like believing that you are on the right path, that will drive you to do all the hard work. That will drive you to wake up early or stay up late. i'm 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 team wake up early. <laughs> but the faith is the thing that will make you believe that if you continue on this path that, everything will be okay. And it's the work ultimately that's going to make you successful, right? If you quit, there's no success. And like, I don't, unless you're just really on the wrong path, but if you truly believe and you know, and you have ultimate faith that you're on the right path and you do the work, then I don't think that there's room for anything but success. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well said. That was so beautiful. I have some questions for you about your Baking Academy like logistic questions. Absolutely. I know this is kind of a new thing where people want to serve people in this way by providing information through classes. Now, I assume yours is online or is it in person or both? It's online for
1: now. I ultimately do want to have a space where I can teach people in person, but right now it's online, which means anybody and everybody can <laughs> sign up. For live classes. When this airs, I will have just started my first cohort and that's going to be online. I'm
0: so, I'm beyond excited about that. Uh, I love um, it. I love it. I love how excited you are about it. I think that's a recipe for success. So tell us about the logistics. So, how hard or easy is it to get it put together? And, like, yeah, talk about as much of the process as you're willing.
1: Sure. Oh, absolutely. I'm an open book. So my platform is hosted on Thinkific, and I chose Thinkific, and now it's just like fully embedded and integrated into my site. I do have a just a bomb, she's just amazing, web developer, Lark, who was able to embed Thinkific with my website. So if you go to like com. Beginwithbutter.com is my main site, but if you go to course.beginwithbutter.com, it will take you straight to my Thinkific page. I love having that functionality for students so that they can, um, they don't have to like redirect to another website completely to get to my school. I think that makes it easier. I think that lends to more brand credibility because it's all under BeginwithButter. But I've really enjoyed using Thinkific. I know some people like, you think Kajabi or Teachable. Those are the three that I'm most aware of. But once you get into Thinkific, you can set up the whole academy from there. So I encourage people who are interested in courses to really think about using Thinkific. And they are not paying me to say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you do hear about Teachable and Kajabi. I don't right. often hear people talking about Thinkific. So I'm glad that you mentioned that as just kind of another Resource available for people to consider, and then how, how do you market your boot camp? How do you get people in? Oh, so
1: I do a lot of social media. I guess you call it social media marketing. I just talk about it. I talk about it on most of my posts on Instagram. I was actually, it's funny because I'm currently. By the time this airs, this will be a distant memory. But I'm currently in the middle of uh, twelve days of pound cake. And I've taught one particular class two times already. And it's about pound cakes, perfect pound cakes. And I was asked if I could do like an emergency session of per- perfect pound cakes next week. <laughs> but a lot of that happens over Instagram. I have my Instagram set up in such a way that people can either send me DMs or they can send me emails. So a lot of conversations like happen very organically, either in my DMs or via email. With respect to my marketing efforts currently, I am just really talking about it. I talk about it in my Instagram stories. I talk about it in my posts. I have not done sponsored posts recently, but as the holiday season wears on and as I'm trying to fill up my first cohort, I will be doing some either sponsored posts or probably Facebook ads. So that's really, those are really, that's the extent. Yeah my marketing efforts. Yeah. So I wish I had a marketing team so that they could tell me whether I'm doing things right or not.
0: Well, you're doing things authentically, which I think means that you're doing things right. People are coming to you and you're not spending a ton of money. You're not, you know, you're doing things very organically, it sounds right. like.
1: Right. I'm um, Yes, most definitely. It all has to be organic. There was a point where it was getting away from me and it didn't feel like it was something that belonged to me. And I never, ever want to feel that way again about something that I've built. You know, okay. I left a corporate job after many, many years because I felt like it wasn't for me. And I don't want to then turn around and build something that also feels like it's not for me.
0: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. There have been times when I've, done things to get, you know, people in certain services, like, oh, I need to mm-hmm. uh, get a coaching client or whatever. And it just didn't feel right. Right. It just I, per- yeah. There's some, like, it's something that you can't even put into words, or at least mm-hmm. I can't, where it's like, it just in the core of me, it didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel right. And so Absolutely. I've stopped doing that. I'm like, I want people to come into my world in such an organic way, and if that doesn't happen, I don't want them here. Oh, I'm still working on it. I have to be honest. Yeah, it's I'm hard still working
1: on that because sometimes I'm like, should I just continue to do the work that I'm doing right now, right, and let it continue to grow organically? It's a process. It's it can and it can feel really slow sometimes. But sometimes I'm like, or do I push? And every single time I get every single time that I push, I'm not going to say I fail. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. say I learn a lesson <laughs> about being patient and allowing things to happen organically and, and continuing to do the work. I think that's one thing that's very important for people to understand and recognize that just because we are out here, like, on faith and we believe in what we're doing doesn't mean we're sitting on our laurels and sitting back and waiting for things to
0: happen. It's very much not that. Action. Action is needed yes. in order to reach your goals and to move forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Faith and action. Oh, this is deep and I love it. This is so good. <laughs> oh my god, <gosh>. <laughs> So many I'm like happy. underground elements of running, running a successful business that we don't always bring to the surface. Yeah. So that's why I really appreciate just the candor in this conversation. This is amazing. And I have to mention your emergency pound cake. (laughs) That was super funny. How like first world, right? Emergency pound cake.
1: (laughs) Yeah, an emergency pound cake class. So I've taught this class twice already. I taught it twice in October on the 1st and on the 29th. I kept on getting mostly DMs about when is the next one before the holidays. And I was like, guys, I've taught it twice already. I'm not planning on teaching it anymore. My last two classes are a pie crust class and a cookie class. <laughs> there is no more pound cake. And the clarion call, I'll call it, kept on coming in. When are you teaching it? We need another pound cake class, especially since I've been doing the 12 days of pound cake. And I just randomly got on my an Instagram live and I was like, tell you what, I'm going to put up a poll in my stories and If there's enough interest, I will teach this emergency Uh, pound cake class the Monday before Thanksgiving.
0: So, emergency, that is just funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's a sign that people want to know about the best pound cake, right? I guess they just want to,
1: like, my thing is, I really want them to feel empowered to make the best pound cake, right? And I don't, I honestly, I love when people come to my website and they print off a recipe, and I absolutely adore when they tell me, I made your Snickerdoodle pound cake or I made your peach collar pound cake, and they were the best pound cakes I've ever made. That really makes my heart feel really, really good. But if they take the tools that I've taught them in perfect pound cakes and they apply that to like their grandmother's, you know, hundred-year-old recipe that she got from her grandmother, and they're able to in their kitchen, make it in a better way than they've ever been able to make it, that for me is the win. I'm not so locked into my own recipes that I think there's nothing that anybody can do in their kitchen to improve upon them in their own way. And I'm not so locked into my recipes that I'm thinking that if you don't follow my recipes, you can't be successful. I really, really want people to be successful no matter whose recipe they're using.
0: Oh, amazing. I love that. Okay, can I ask you a question about your classes? How are they set up? I assume you do them on Zoom, and then how long do they last? Give us details about that.
1: Sure. My classes are on Zoom webinars. I used to use Zoom, just the regular Zoom, but the feedback I got from students was that with everybody on the screen, it was really difficult to focus on what I was doing. So I just went to a webinar platform Where you can see like a a frontal shot of me and then you can also see an overhead shot of what my hands are doing. I also have my senior butter ambassador, Emily, who acts as the moderator. So that when people type questions in either the chat or the Q&A section, she can can say her patented. I think she should patent it. Hey, Shawnee, and she can get my, my attention right away. I love that element, having that element in my classes, because it allows me to go deeper on a concept if a student needs it in that moment. And they can see me demonstrate it in that moment. So I love I've, I just have had like the best success with Zoom webinars. I think it's a great way to be able to teach live And I think it's the most cost-effective way of all of the ways that you can use webinars. I think Zoom webinars is the most cost-effective. It's the most well-known. So you have that name recognition for students. So they won't be skittish about, you know, jumping onto another webinar platform that they've never heard of. It's just worked really, really well. Classes vary. It depends on what I'm teaching. So Perfect Pound Cakes, the first two times (laughs) was two hours. Or I'm sorry. The first time it was an hour and a half. The second time it was two hours because I added some more content and that that time just flew by for me. But there are other classes that are an hour that are up on my website uh, and there are some that are an hour and a half. So it really just depends. I'm going to take whatever time it needs up to two hours to cover a concept. If it's going to take more than two hours, just like with Bread Bootcamp, I'll break it up over multiple days.
0: And then how many people show up for your
1: classes? It really depends. It depends on how the concept is. And if people purchase the classes and they're not able to show up live, then they can always watch the replay.
0: And then do you do like the whole recipe step by step so people can cook along with you? I did that in the first
1: kind of cohort that I did. And the feedback that I got from students was, we want to be able to watch what you're doing. And then because we have the replay, we can go back and do it with you later. Okay. But... We find more value out of, or they found more value out of watching what I was doing, being able to ask their questions and take notes as opposed to trying to rush and keep up with me while I was demonstrating a technique. Like I said, they can go back and watch the replay later. So when we're talking about like creaming butter and sugar, they can go back once they've seen it one time, they can go back like the next time when they want to make the cake themselves and they can watch it in real time, watch the replay and make it in real time with me, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. And then if you had advice for anyone wanting to dig into something like this and getting some Zoom webinars set up for baking or cooking or whatever it might be, what would you tell them? I would say just start. (laughs) That's scary. (laughs) I think that's what a lot of people will think when they hear that.
1: Yeah, it's it is scary. Of course, it's I'm scared every day. <laughs> I mean, let's be real; it's a scary, it's a scary thing out here to to create a path where none exists. But the biggest impediment I find is that people have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ideas, but then they spend so much time talking themselves out of it that they could have, if had they had they had this wonderful idea and just acted on it. Right? You're not going to mm-hmm. have all the answers. None of us ever have all the answers. You might not have an answer, but if you act, then you'll at least have a yes or a no. <laughs> oh, that <Yeah>. didn't work. <laughs> I won't do that again.
0: Right? You need enough answers to have that to take that first step, right? And then things keep coming to you.
1: Arguably, <laughs> I think I had very few answers when I took those first steps. And was did I take the right steps all the time? Absolutely not. I still continue to. Mm. to misstep every once in a while. But had I not had those missteps, had I not taken those first steps, I would still be sitting in a 10 by 10 office that felt like, I mean, I told people it felt like a jail cell. And I did that for years because I was afraid to move. I was afraid. And so I encourage people you may not have the answers. You may not know why you're being moved to move in a certain direction, but if it's productive and if it's something you love doing, if it's something you want to just learn about, move. I'm not saying quit your job necessarily, not immediately anyway, but move. Do the thing that that you are stuck thinking about.
0: Do that thing. That is amazing, very inspiring. Advice. Thank you so much for all of that. Is there anything we've forgotten that you feel like we should mention before we start saying goodbye, Shawnee? Oh, no. <laughs> this is,
1: I'm just really honored that you guys thought to have me on today. I really appreciate it. I encourage people to continue writing. Like I said, do the things that you have to do, like do the keyword research, but also take some time to do things that light you up. But no, we haven't really forgotten anything. I'm just, I encourage people to check out the Begin With Butter Home Baking Academy. It's course.beginwithbutter.com or to even check out the blog, which is beginwithbutter.com. I would love to hear from your listeners about, you know, what drives them because I love hearing about like what motivates people. I would encourage people to continue to just think of ways to be of service to people.
0: Uh. Love it. So much great information packed into this little conversation. So thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with? I'm going to paraphrase.
1: Okay. And it is, the question isn't who is going to let me, but
0: who is going to stop me? <laughs> Ooh.
1: I love that quote.
0: Uh, love that's that powerful. Quote. Yeah. It aligns with everything you've already said. So that's so perfect. Well, we'll put together a show notes page for you, Shawnee. If anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash begin with butter. You've already shared where people can find you, but do you just want to reiterate quick social media handles and all of that? Sure. The
1: one where I'm primarily active is Instagram, and that is begin with butter. You can also find me on Facebook at Begin With Butter. Um, I'm not really active on TikTok or Twitter, so I have the handles, but they're not really active. Yeah, <laughs> you can find me basically everywhere on be- at Begin With Butter. I also have a YouTube channel, Begin With Butter.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, thank you again for being here, and thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.